Christian Parenting. Are you struggling to balance your modern life and your faith? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Legacy Dads Podcast with Dave and Dante, offering biblical-based wisdom and that weekly dose of what truly works in men's lives. The Legacy Dads Podcast, real men, authentic faith. Here are your hosts of the Legacy Dads Podcast. They're authentic, transparent, and not always politically correct. Dave and Dante. Hey everyone, this is Dante at Legacy Dads, my partner Dave. Dave, how are you, my brother? I'm doing very well, Dante. It is good to see you once again for another lovely podcast recording. Yeah, let, let's see you know, if we're recording this one, if you keep laughing at me. I don't know what's going on here. Maybe it's my glasses or I don't know. We'll figure that out. But let's get a little business out of the way first. This podcast is for men, husbands, and fathers at all stages of life where we promote and advocate proven biblical principles for leaving a lasting legacy. It sounds so, like you finally have that memorized, Dante. You know, I'm getting there. And then like my teenage daughters, you know, they, they kind of like give me a, like a lot of the verbiage, the, the commercial and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, if you guys had a little bit more of a deeper radio voice, I'd totally put you on to record the message and all that. But they got it down. They, they like the jingle. I, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's an opening that, that travels, you know what I yeah. mean? But, yeah. you know, and, and speaking of which, you know, I think we're going to talk about, um, you know, Camp Royal and maybe dogs named Royal or something like that today. But, but, you know, it's like every once in a while, like, you know, between you and, and Caleb, you know, and, and our guest Brandon here, and, you know, you always feel like, you know, you're the one on the outside looking in, you know, and I, I guess I just don't have these connections. So um, because I'm on the outside looking in, I'm, I'm just like that guy, you know, like on, uh, the magnificent mile during Christmas time. You're looking in on the shops, and hmm, seems like that would be a really good story in there. But I'm not. I'm not part of that. So you know, with that, I'm just going to step back outside here and let you introduce our guest into this Camp Royal thing. Okay, so don't mind good. me. I'm I'm going to be behind the glass here. Okay, sounds good. Hey, okay. yeah. So listeners, we've got the the pleasure of having Brandon Heideman on here for uh, for this episode, and and Brandon is the founder. Uh, the creator, I guess you could say, of uh, a ministry called Camp Royal. Brandon, how are you? Man, I'm so good. Good to see you guys. I'm I'm happy to be here. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. So we wanted to give you kind of an opportunity to talk about Camp Royal and and I guess what your ministry is. And uh, and I'm going to take an aside right here and and let everybody know that Dante is showing us his dog on the floor. <laughs> That's awesome. We were showing off our, our dogs earlier, uh, but Brandon, I, I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about Camp Royal and, and kind of what the ministry is all about and kind of where it started from and kind of what you've been through and, and you know, where it's, where it's taken you over the past, what, 16 years, you say? Yep. 16 years. It's, it's crazy to, I mean, snap your fingers, watch out. Yeah. It's so fast, but. But I think, I think one thing that's really cool to kind of highlight is uh, how you and I met. And, and one might even say how, how Caleb has been brought into this because Dante clearly wants to know. So I think wait, wait, of, this is like fight club though. Are we allowed to talk about this? Of course no. we can. We can talk about whatever you want, except some of the things that, you know, well, when you get things. into your psyop stuff like that, you know, <laughs> Lance and you like to play head games with me. I'm just saying, Absolutely. Are we, we're sure allowed to talk about this. Yeah. I'm not going to have we, men in black suits show up at my front door and take me out or anything. Am I? I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, then go ahead. Lance might. 
Lance, maybe. well, yeah, and you never know where he's at these days. That's true. <laughs> All right. So, so Brandon, uh, you know Caleb Bislow from Unusual Soldiers. Can you talk about that just a little bit? Yes, but I just want to preface that my reputation should not be. Um, uh, <laughs> I need to be very careful who knows who I associate with. So, mm-hmm. no, I'm just kidding. I love that guy. Um, I was sitting on an airplane on the way to a uh, arena cross, which is like a, a a version of supercross, which if you don't know what that means, it's dirt bikes inside of a smaller arena than a normal supercross race, which is a bigger arena. And um, so I was a chaplain for a series for oh, what year I Honestly, I think it was probably 2007 or 2000. I think it was 2007 or mm-hmm. eight, maybe. And I was flying to Chicago and I sat next to this guy with a, a cat hat, a caterpillar equipment hat. That guy and I started talking. I saw his hat and I said, Hey, so are you into, you know, excavation? Are you into cat equipment? We have some cat machines we my grandpa started an excavating company in in 68 and so that was my job at the time i ran heavy equipment while i was on the road with with our ministry and i'll explain that in a minute but essentially he and i started talking and we started talking about dirt and anybody that loves dirt starts talking about dirt and machines and diesel and and it was a fun conversation but then we started talking about other things and the conversation switched from big machinery to dirt to Jesus, which he created dirt. So that, that makes sense, I guess, Mm -hmm. but I don't know how it switched, but Holy spirit opened up a moment to just start talking about Jesus. And then we started talking about dirt bikes because he asked what I did. And I said, well, I'm a, a professional motocross racer and I have a family excavating company I work with once in a while, and I'm actually flying out to this race that I'm going to be just sharing the hope of of Jesus with these people. And the guy next to the the dude wearing the cat hat kind of leans forward. He looks at me and gives me an awkward look and then leans back. I'm like, all right, great. Here's... Yeah, what conversation am I going to have after this flight? As the flight ends, everyone stands up waiting for everyone to get their bags. And he said, hey, I want to talk to you after this flight. Like, I want to. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, in back of my mind, I'm like, this guy's going to give me his, like, it's not right to talk about your religion with other people. And I I was just ready for it. I've had a lot of those conversations, right? And it was it was funny because I was, I was just expecting the worst. And he meets me at the end of the jetway where you get onto the actual airport and pulls me aside and he said, Hey, I just wanted to let you know that you talked about dirt bikes and Jesus. And those are two of my passions. I was like, okay, all right, let's talk. I'm like, uh, what like do you oh, say? okay. Yeah. I was like, all right. This is gonna be fun. And we start talking and he ends up, um, he, he ends up inviting me to his place in Denver when we got we were both coming back to Colorado from Chicago after the weekend and 
we ended up connecting and he quickly became one of the one of the people I respect the most in life and love that guy. His heart is so on fire to take. So if you don't know, Caleb's ministry is to take the the message of Jesus, his love for us, his sacrifice for us to have new life and what it means to walk with him, um, to take the gospel to the dark, dangerous and despised places around the world that nobody else wants to get to. And no one else wants to risk what it takes to go to. And his passion is to see the the people groups that don't have a chance, if you will, reached. And uh, my respect is so high for him and what he's yeah. doing. Um, there's some fun. I hope we get to it later in this, but how we're starting to work together to bring our tribe together with his opportunity and his tribe and yeah. to make a global difference and so uh, he and I met <clears throat> fast forward I don't know how many years now that, that well I guess I said the date earlier so it's like 2008ish to now um so back up one year Caleb and I had been talking for a while about what do we do to bring the action sports again I'm I'm spoiling the story but action sports athletes that are in love with the Lord that have that fire and that fearlessness together with the people around the world that no one has the guts to go to like how do you connect those pieces because we have on fire wild animals warriors that need purpose that want and long for purpose when it comes to putting what they've been wired with to an eternal um, end game. And so he and I, uh, we started brainstorming. We said, all right, let's, let's, let's pilot a program and try something out. And <laughs> let's bring a group of college age students together and let's share with them what it means to be fearless and bring the gospel to the, the scariest, darkest places around the world. And I said, all right, cool. That sounds good. But there's a problem. He said, what? I said, well, you and I are dorks. Um, how are we going to do this? And he said, well, I got a guy. I got a guy that's a stud and I'd need to introduce you to him. And he knows how to build fires in the rain. He's awesome. And I'm like, okay, sounds great. How does that apply? And he said, well, we can, we can build in some practical stuff like survival tactics, because if we build in survival tactics to this kind of a training, then people that are on the mission field in real life scenarios will know what it takes to be able to survive and to do what they need to, to get to the mission. And I was like, dude, that's amazing. You're brilliant. So this guy's named Dave. And I'm going to bring him out. We're going to, we're going to do this. And so anyway, there you go. Um, a year ago in September, our, our spots in West Virginia and Caleb shows up and Dave shows up and we had a week that was epic. And we had, it was so fun, a, man, dude, I, I will remember that forever. And I'm excited for what the future holds. Cause we have so much ahead of us, man. Yeah. But that week was really, really successful, really impactful. I'm still in touch with a lot of the people that were at that event. And um, really what it comes down to is 
Dave and Lance that is the uh, the one that we keep talking about. Lance was out this year for for a different version of how we could pull this thing together. And we're excited about the four of us doing some stuff together that would be continually epic. But yeah, so Dave, I don't want to take off on my own narrative. Um, yeah. That's how we met. Yeah, rain me in, man. Rain me yeah. in. Yeah, no worries. Yes. And so, you know, when I, when I think about it, uh, you know, almost, almost four years ago now at this point, I, I needed some guidance and some stuff to kind of figure out like, Hey, you know, I, I trust God, you know, and, and my life kind of turned around at that point. And, uh, I found the legacy dads podcast and, you know, I started listening to everything. And at some point I think there was a, there was a Instagram post that caught my attention. It was like, Hey, clearly linked to unusual soldiers. And so I, I messaged on Instagram and I said, Hey, tell me about this. And I think Lance wrote back and he understood, you know, what my job currently is. And, you know, we kind of started talking back and forth and everything. And so he linked me up with Caleb and, you know, just like all of these other factors and everything. And just, you know, Hey, you'd be, you know, the skills that you have and, you know, just being able to provide this training. And I, this was really the first time for me in my career or in my life, I guess, where I just said, man, I've, I've dedicated an entire career to serving the country. And now I can take this and I can serve the kingdom of God. How awesome is that? Mm. Um, and I think the other, the other interesting piece that you got to add into this puzzle at, before we take up too much time on this podcast is we needed the college students, right? And so the ministry that Caleb runs, one of his former graduates from his ministry from unusual soldiers was in charge of this one life program down at Southern Wesleyan university. And so they brought their students up to West Virginia. I came down from Ohio. You were already there. Caleb flew out and boom, you see an amazing work of God over the span of what 2007 to 2020. So 13 years in order to make this happen. But like, look at all of these resources that he brought together in order to make this happen. Like just for one week, just a coincidence. Just coincidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we we have a a God of coincidences, right? Yeah, yeah. So I say that you know, wink, wink. Not not true at all. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, so it's just a it's a it's an awesome illustration of what God can do on His timing, um, and and what He's able to use uh, use us when we say yes. You know, when we're um, not necessarily mostly equipped, we're just available and we just say yes. And so Brandon, I think that's a perfect segue into the start of your ministry. At some point you said yes. So let's talk about the genesis of, of, uh, Camp Royal and, and let's talk about where that path has taken you, brother. Hmm. Well, a, a little commercial that I feel is very important is I was making a joke about some random guy that was going to build fires in the rain. But what Caleb really said was there's this guy that's been in seer training for 21 years. I think it was what he said. And he has dedicated his heart to the kingdom of taking the skills he's learned to help people survive in the most gnarly situations of life and death to get them to contain their mental state and to understand what survival priorities they need to focus on and to be able to implement those and to watch what you just said come to life in you saying, it just takes a yes. Like whatever we have, if it's something awesome, like what Dave has um, with all that training and experience, or if we don't feel like we have anything to offer, just ask God because he knows that we do everything that he, I would, I would actually say that the least qualified 
according to the Bible, which is a, I think something worth trusting. Usually, um, <laughs> he uses the least equipped, least likely people to do the greatest stuff, and so um, that's kind of where I start my story. I'm I grew up without a dad. I don't know if if this is going to air before the other one where you hear my story, but I grew up without a father, scratching and clawing for affirmation. Um, totally insecure. Um, so I, I just want to, let me interject real quick. Yeah, hey, listeners in two weeks or in the, I think the, the December edition of the God in action, you're going to hear Brandon's story. And so let me just, let me just put that out there. We already recorded it and I'm telling you, take the time to sit down and just listen and hear what God has done through Brandon. So you can continue, but I'll just throw that out there. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you for that. So Really a little segue, or not segue, but a little preview is God was so present in my younger years in a way of being my father because my dad went to went to heaven when I was almost five. And um, the way that he provided for my family and took care of us, but then just proved to me that he was my real dad. Um there's no way to put it into a, a little package, but he was everything and more that I could imagine. And he took care of us in so many ways. And so that took us to the stage where I'm 19 on a, on a path to my dream of being a pro motocross racer. So I had just started racing pro motocross when I was 17. And so I was two years into this and just starting to get the offers from the big companies and and my dream was coming true. What God said to me in that moment is I don't need your name. I want your heart. I just want you to take what I've given you and love the people around you and watch what I do. It took it out of my control. My identity, my value was now on the line with his name instead of what I could do. And that, that was a struggle. I like I'll explain in this next one that you guys might hear and I hope you do, but God really just challenged me to say, I, I don't care what you think you bring to the table. I know that I made you and I put inside of you my spirit. If you've trusted me, I put inside of you my spirit and trust me that I will use you, but it won't be because of your talents or skills or what I've, equipped you with it's because of the fact that I love you and if you turn your eyes to me then and and little kind of secret sauce here the girl that I'll talk about in the next episode her name was Abby and I, I was convinced I was going to get married to her she she said one thing that I remember more than anything about her life she said are you looking at his hands or are you looking at his eyes and I just want to pause for a second because his hands means, God, what can you do for me? What can you do for what you've called me to? Or are we looking at his eyes because we want him? And he showed me the secret to my heart and everything that I want to do through your life is through you looking at my eyes because I don't care about what I care about who. And I want you. And so that, that, rocked my entire perspective 
And what God's done in that is he said, I desire intimacy with you and the rest is going to follow. And so if you're filled up with me, the people around you are, they're in trouble because they won't be able to not be affected by what I do through your life because you are overflowing with what I'm doing in your life. And so that's the secret of success in any impact. I don't care if you're in full-time ministry or if you're in a business or whatever, there's no more significant role. Like everything's equal. What matters is are our eyes on his hands or are our eyes on his, on his eyes? You know, do we want him? And so through that, it, it, coming back to being 19 with this decision, he's like, I want your name. I'm sorry. I don't want your name. I want your heart. Um, Growing up without a father, I was craving identity. I was craving affirmation. I was, it was a survival mechanism for me to get attention with racing so that I felt valued. And he challenged that and told me to set that down and trust that he wanted to do something so much bigger through my life if I would trust him. So I said yes with a lot of struggle. And after a period of time of just fighting that, I gave into into his call or his desire or invitation, whatever you want to put to that. But he, he basically said, now it's me calling the shots and I'm the CEO and I want you to start a nonprofit. When I was 19, I, uh, started the process of starting an organization that would bring the message of identity of what does it mean to be God's child and know that he is our father. And our, our hope is based on the gospel of Jesus dying on the cross and paying for our sin, getting us in a right relationship with God on his dime, not our efforts, but us simply believing him that he's paid the price and the result is we get to experience his goodness and how much he loves us. And then as a, another result, he gets to impact the world through that love that pours over as we experience his goodness. And that's the key to what I believe is the most successful um, ministry or impact or legacy that we can leave is us literally looking at his eyes, not his hands. And so I'm at um, I'm at 19. I say yes to him on that. I start doing simple little church services at the races. That grows, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes I drove across the U.S. I'd show up, and five people would show up to the service that I'd be put, you know, putting on. And there was it was a fun journey. It was uncomfortable every step of the way. But what that led to is now we fast forward to 2011. We had been uh, working for a while uh, on these events, and it was going great. A um, little more in the context of that in 2009, that's uh, for the next episode that you're going to hear. But the next uh, kind of tick on the timeline is 2011, uh, we had an opportunity to do an event at Red Rocks Amphitheater in Colorado. And so we rented the the venue, um, total totally over our head. Um, we were meeting with the city of Denver to do all the contracts and this and that. We told them it was going to be a, by faith, we're like, it's going to be a sellout crowd. Of course, God's in this. He's, it's going to be a sellout crowd. 
And they said, well, we're in charge of security contracts. And so it's the first time in 10 years or more that there's been any faith-based type events there at all. We don't think you're going to get a good crowd. And so we think that um, we should hire about a quarter of attendance of security for your budget. I was like, so 2,500 people? Because the, the many hold just, it is about 10,000 people. So 2,500 people is what they had originally put in the contract for security. And so I pushed back on that and I said, no, I know that we're paying the bill. We want full, like sold out crowd security. And they said, okay, if you're sure. And uh 30 something page contract just for the venue rental. They changed it. They told me they had, I had it in writing on the emails and everything. We get to the event and it's almost a sold out crowd. And <laughs> I get pulled up as the closing band, which was Switchfoot, which I still love Switchfoot. They're awesome. But they're playing. I am um, back to the top office to talk about the audit for the event. And they said, so we had a problem. I'm like, okay, what's the problem? And they said, well, we, um, uh, uh, and I was like, just tell me what, what is the problem? And they said, well, we didn't collect tickets for the event because security was pulled to other duties. And I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, what do, so tell me what, what, or what do we do? And they're like, well, we, we have, um, a little bit of money that came in from ticket sales. Um, basically, you're in trouble. And I was like, I'm in trouble? Like, no, somebody's in trouble, but I don't think I'm in trouble. And anyway, <laughs> let's on, fast man. forward. <laughs> what happened is they never changed it in the contract with the, the security company. They changed it in writing for our contract. What happened in this moment is our ticket people were pulled to parking duty because we got overloaded with parking and they didn't know what to do. And so no one was there to watch the people coming into the venue and it got flooded with people that got in for free. Long story short, the people that we owed money to for the event, because it was a very expensive event, um, started calling me and started threatening and saying, Hey, you owe us money and this and that we had to figure out our own back end deal to, to work through that mess. But the people that were associated with us to pull this event off, pulled all kinds of cards to, um, well, there's a restraining order that was put against me. They said that we had taken the money and had lied about everything and, and stolen all the money and weren't paying our vendors. And there was just a massive, black eye on our young organization that basically said, these guys are crooks. You've seen other ministries do this stuff before. Why do you trust people that say that they love Jesus? And like, it hurt so deep. I was, I was, this was our first big event that we ever tried to pull off. And it cut me so deep that I had a scar in my heart just saying, okay, Lord, I, I, I felt like you told me with every bit of confidence that if I could picture you across the street, you're like, Hey, come on, it's safe. Come on. Trust me with everything you have. Come on. And I was terrified to cross that street. And I said, okay, I'm, 
okay. And I took the step of faith and immediately as I stepped on the street, I got hit by a bus and I felt like I was dazed and confused looking up at the sky saying, why did I trust you? Like, I feel like you abandoned me. You, you, you fooled me. Um, like I was angry. I was angry at the Lord. I was, Mm. I didn't know what to do with that. I was looking at him saying, I trusted you. And is this what I get for trusting you? That I'm now the example, quote unquote, for all these people that say, hey, if you trust people that say they love Jesus, look what happens to you. Or the restraining order that was put against me so I couldn't contact the people that were really responsible for what happened. Um, I it, it was so confusing to me. And my heart went into this spiral of like, God, I don't know what I did wrong, but I'm the one sitting here hurting and I don't know where you're at. Like, and through a matter of probably two and a half, three years, he really, really worked in that. And, and he continued to pursue my heart and say, can I just tell you that I have a bigger perspective than what you see? My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. I understand a bigger picture than you can even comprehend. And so if you'll just trust me, I will show you a bigger, better picture through this. And I'll show you a foundation you can stand on that is going to elevate you to where I want to take you instead of you being so stuck in this bitterness or this confusion or feeling abandoned. That's that's legitimate. I understand you feel these things. I'm with you, but trust me because I'm looking at something you don't have a clue about. And so in the moment, it was hard to hear. But now looking back, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I wouldn't trade that season of pain or frustration or feeling those feelings for anything because what it taught me and how it it's like you and I don't want to make light of struggle or trials that we run, you know, run into or pain. But if you go to the gym and you're offended that the weights are heavy, I think you've forgotten why you've gone to the gym. And I think that that's very similar to in life. God is using the pain and the trials and the different stuff that hits us as a way for us to trust him and flex and and stretch and break down those muscles of our faith and trust in him so that he can rebuild them in an even stronger way. Because the whole premise of going to the gym is to break down, tear down so that we can grow back stronger. And that is exactly how he uses pain and how he uses struggle in our lives. Is He's not intimidated by the ways. He's like, let's use these. Let's go to the max. And then next time, you're going to be even more prepared for the next season. And I, I want to interject that the protein, just because it's a dude's podcast i know there's yep. mom's thing but this is a legacy dad's thing like if you don't take your protein after a workout then your muscles don't have fuel if you're not getting in the word of god and listening to music and stuff that is edifying and is building you up you're missing your protein you're not going to rebuild those muscles if you don't have the right nutrients and so Amen. we have to be in the word we have to be listening to worship music and stuff that's building us up because that's edifying those muscles. And so that's what happened in that season. He turned me back to the word. He turned me back to just being enveloped in, in music that was lifting my eyes, my perspective to him. 
And he said, I want to put you on a new path with a greater foundation. And so he used a lot of that. And there's several other stories too that I could share about being abandoned and and people that I trusted so much at the beginning of this that ended up being another example of, well, why do I trust you, Lord? But he's like, just trust me. Don't, don't put your hope in anything but me and trust me. And just stay on the path. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The Legacy Dads Podcast, Real Men, Authentic Faith with Dave and Dante. We'll be right back. Hey, Legacy Dads listeners. I know I don't have to tell you that Christmas is coming and fast. And depending on where you are in your parenting journey, this can be an exciting thing or an overwhelming thing or both. But here's the deal. Christmas time doesn't have to be an exhausting survival mode time of year. It can be a season of renewal as we anticipate the birth and celebration of Jesus Christ. It's for this very reason that Christian Parenting created a brand new resource for parents like you. It's the Read, Ask, Go interactive Advent devotional for the whole family, and we'd love to put one in your hands today. Created to be used every day from December 1st to the 25th, the Read, Ask, Go devotional experience gives you and your family dedicated time each day this Advent season to read the scripture, ask some questions, and go serve your family, neighbors, and the world. If you're looking for a way to push the easy button on a meaningful, spiritual resource for your family this Advent season, this is it. So grab your copy of the Read, Ask, Go devotional experience before they're gone. Just visit cpadvent.org to get your copy today. That's cpadvent.org. Back to the show, the Legacy Dads Podcast, Real Men, Authentic Faith, with Dave and Dante. All right, getting back to 2000, that was 2011. I met a guy, I'm going to fast forward here, but I met a guy named Greg. He, there's so much I want to share here, but he basically was at the venue the day before the event, throwing a ball to his dog and walked over to me and said, hey, this sounds crazy, but God's told me that I moved here to disciple you. And I was like, what? Sorry, wrong number. Like, I think you're a creep. Who are you, crazy man? (laughs) Leave me alone. I ended up going to coffee with this guy, and he ended up discipling me or, or, or diving deep into God's Word from a, a biblical, Greek, contextual perspective. Hmm. The guy is a genius. And he spent two and a half years with me, like three or four hours a day, giving me so much homework. It was an annoying, but so thankful for it now. Um but I I got to dive into this narrative of God saying, so you want to sing this song that's called the gospel. You know the song title, but you don't know the words yet because it's not about you. It's about something that is like almost a, a jersey that you put on. And that has been huge for me because God had told me, you don't understand why this is so important to you because of who you are as a result of the gospel. And this is segues into where we're at right now with the organization that we run called Royal. But essentially your identity is based in the fact that I have made you brand new when you said yes to me. I have given you a brand new life. I have like, we're no longer sinners saved by grace. We're saints. We're his children sustained by grace. And Ephesians 4, 23 and 24 says, I have 
pulled you out of my heart, basically. What it says is, I have made you out of my righteousness and holiness. Like I have, the, the, the Greek version of this is katathion, which means out of God. You've been created out of God as you say yes to Jesus. And, and him making us brand new means that we have a brand new identity, a whole brand new identity, living in a broken flesh that at camp, because we run summer camps and events and, and whatnot, our message is, hey, this is our world suit. This thing, day by day, it's dying. This thing's getting older and older, and it's going to go away. But our true identity, that's one of our taglines, is our true identity is a spiritual child of God having a human experience instead of a human having a spiritual experience. And so if we can see our life from heaven to earth instead of from earth to heaven sometimes, then it changes every decision that we make because our value system is built on, man, I'm here for a minute. I'm not here. I'm, I'm going to be home before I know it. What's my purpose here? What am I doing that makes any difference that lasts forever instead of just trying to be comfortable? That's what the Lord's told us with this organization is, hey, we're here for a second. It's okay to enjoy your hotel room, but don't go spending your whole time and budget and all your effort to change the hotel room. You just need to focus on your mission. And so that's what we have been striving for with this organization is that we started Royal in 2014. Well, in 2005, but we changed the name to Royal in 2014 to represent our identity because God said, I want to redefine what it means to be royal. And so that's what we do. Um, we started this journey of of summer camps because we were doing these events, like I mentioned, and we'd have four hours with people and we put hundreds of thousands of dollars into these events. And then we had four hours and they were gone. We had emails. And I was like, this is great. Like we have email lists. Um, what about the people? Where are they? Sometimes they answer. So we went into more of a relationship or discipleship building model, which was camping. Summer camps changed my life growing up. And so I had experienced that. And I said, what if we bring together all the pro athletes that we've gotten to know over these years? And there's not a faith-based action sports camp in the world. What are we doing? Like, we need to focus on this. There's more kids skateboarding than playing baseball in the U.S. today. Like, what are we doing to mentor these kids that are all hanging out after school with no parents, they're being taught by their peers. We need to bring mentors into this space to raise up a generation to know their identity and to understand how much the Lord loves them. And those are the kids that are fearless. Like they will go after whatever they believe in. And so that's where we started this journey of building a team to find a property, to build a camp so that we can start discipling these young athletes that were fearless. And so this is just a fun story. We, um, a lot I could share actually going into this, but basically found a property in Colorado after several, several years of, of trying to figure this out. And um, this property was in, in Sedalia, which is right between Denver and uh, Colorado Springs like Castle Rock area, if you know Colorado, and it's up in the hills. We had a contract on the property, and we raised the money to buy the property. And the day before closing on this property, 
the Lord told me not to buy it. And I was mad. Again, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like after all of these years and what we've been fighting for, all the fundraisers and all the people that are trusting us, you're telling me to stop. Like, where were you three months ago to tell us not to sign the contract in the first place? You know, and anyways, he was like, okay, cool rant. That's great. Don't buy the property. And I thanks, just thanks for your input. Moving on. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, so passed on the property. And I, I'm telling you, like, I was on a mission with our team. I was emailing them saying, all right, we need to look at these temperate zones, look at all the MLS listings. We need to look at every single opportunity. And my phone rings. It's been an hour and a half. And a guy from Dallas calls me and he said, hey, are you going to buy that property in Colorado? I said, no, who are you? And he said, I've been following you for about three months. In fact, I hired someone to do um, all of the homework on you that we could for three months, somebody has been investigating and calling all the people that, you know, and all the people you've worked with. And we know you pretty well. And I was like, all right, this is creepy. Like, I don't know what to think about this. He said, just, just listen. I want you to know that we totally love what you're doing. And we, we trust that what you're doing is real. And we love your dream. But if you're not going to buy that property, we just want you to fly out here ASAP. We have something to show you. And I was like, okay, I, this is already Twilight Zone. This is weird. I might as well follow the, the rabbit trail, right? So I fly to Dallas. I sit down with these two guys, and they unroll a map of a 10,600-acre, $400 million action sports facility. In West Virginia. And they said, we built this for a different organization, but God's been telling us the whole time that it was for his purposes. We know him and we love him and we want to see his kingdom built, but the people that we built this place for aren't getting the traction that we were hoping they would, and they don't know what to do with this place. And so we want you to come in and bring your team and your dream to use this to build a kingdom. I started looking at the pictures and the map and my mouth dropped. I'm like, what in the world? And we went out and visited and toured it. And it was, it was absolutely insane and like mind blowing. And so we moved our team out there um, in 2015 and, or sorry, 2016 since then, we've been just doing everything we can to to take advantage of using this property for the kingdom and God's blessing this. This is it's funny. The little backstory is when we got there, the management of that property didn't want us to be operating there. So they did everything they could to keep us from being able to use the property. And so we spent four years doing local camps and different things where we brought in pro athletes to teach skateboarding, bike you know, freestyle mountain biking, which is slope style, um, and BMX and then scootering, which is insane these days. I know that sounds crazy, but those kids are nuts. I've and, seen the videos, man. It's crazy. Oh, it, <laughs> it's crazy. They're wild. So we've been doing that for four years for the local kids and the local kids, we would have overlooked the local kids if God didn't have a bigger plan here. 
Uh, we thought it was a national reach. We're going to have all these kids from all over the U.S. coming into this camp. And he said, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have a better plan. Um, the Lord said that. He said, I want you to, to focus on the local kids because you don't have access to that property yet. So we bought an old school next to the property, renovated it. I mean, we put skate parks and different stuff inside this old school. God used the first four years of our organization out there in West Virginia to reach the local kids that 80% of those kids are being raised by their grandparents because their, their parents are either in jail or on drugs or something crazy. And these kids, the stories that we hear from these kids, it, it blows your mind. Talk about redefining your heart for your purpose. I thought our heart was like, okay, this organization is going to reach all these kids, but I'm focused on like, okay, how are we sustainable? How are we going to be able to bring in enough revenue to keep our staff paid and blah, blah, blah. He's like, just stop thinking about that. Focus on these local kids because I'm going to provide. We didn't have any revenue for the first four years. How does an organization stay alive for four years with no revenue? But God took care of us. God provided over and over and over for our staff with a a burn rate of $25,000 a month to pay staff to be able to run this thing and utilities and all the other stuff. That I mean, it's insane to think about how much he provided just so that we could reach the kids that nobody was thinking about. You know, and, and it just humbles me to think about the fact that we have no way to claim any credit for where God's taken us or where he's continuing to take us. Because if you look back, none of it makes sense. But there's been four years of over a thousand kids in the local area that have experienced the the message of identity and hope and value and love because Jesus chose them just like he chose to go to Bethlehem, the least likely place ever in the world. And he's like, that's where the king's going to be born. You know, and so he said, you know what? Mount Hope or Glen Jean, depending on what map you look at, Glen Jean, West Virginia, the tiny little spot where nobody even recognizes West Virginia seems to be forgotten. They're 50th on all the stats. That's where he wants us to plant our first camp. And so this last year was the first year that we were given access to use the big summit property with the $400 million worth of facilities and the second largest skate park in the U S and the third largest BMX facility in the world. And five miles of zip lines, 36 miles of mountain bike trails, four lakes. There's 80,000 person amphitheater on this property. Like this place is insane. But God said, stop looking at what you think is valuable and start looking at what I see is valuable. And when you value that, I'm going to bless you with opportunity to reach other people too. But don't forget the first part, you know, and so that whole thing has been our story so far. And this year is our second year of using the summit property and the first year was in last summer was insane it was amazing and so we uh we're gearing up we just opened registration for next year's summer camp and we're all praying for those kids and we're so hyped this is going to be um just it's going to be the best year we've ever seen i know that but god is he's doing he's doing a lot yeah so 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 i'm i'm looking at the web page right now and i'll post a link to it in the show notes but it says Camp Royal mission is to provide the best action sports training available while reaching youth with the gospel and teaching them how to live in their identity as children of God. So Brandon, how do you 
talk about maybe a couple of different programs that you have going on. I know you've got the after school stuff and you got the summer camps and some overnights. Just kind of give the listeners a little bit of a highlight. You know, you talk about registration is open for the summer. What does that stuff look like? Yeah. Um, so we do after school programs totally free for the kids from uh, this is fun, but the, the local schools, I hope I don't get anyone in trouble for this. I doubt I would, but the local public schools said, we have done everything we can to try to get these kids out of the mess that they're in because of the, the home situations. The, the parents are on opioids or, or worse. They're just in a mess. But whatever is happening when these kids go to your camps, they come back different. And so what do we need to do? We will bus kids to your property for after-school programs so they can experience what they have at camp. And we're going to turn a blind eye to the fact that you're faith-based, you know, and, and so that happened the first year and now we're in our second year. And uh, it's just been amazing to see what's been happening through those after-school programs. The public schools are letting us come in and, and do demonstrations to bring other kids from their public schools to our facility to share uh, the hope that we are offering through this message. And then the other programs that we have going on are real-world mission training stuff that we talked about earlier with Dave. Um, that's taking our extreme sports or action sports athletes and connecting them with a real-life mission opportunity to take the same wiring that they have to be fearless to go to the people that nobody else wants to get to. So that's another one of our programs. Another program that we have going on is our, you know, our summer camps. So we have day camps. Again, that's for more of the local kids. And then our overnight camps, which you can compare to like a, a Young Life or a Canacuck or or any of those, uh, Pine Cove or whatever, um, those awesome Christian summer camps, but just with an X Games twist. So we have pro action sports athletes that come in as coaches and then we have our summer camp counselors, and then we have all the fun games and the slip and slides and stuff. But we have club time where we do skits and worship, and then we give this message that's basically a seven-day progression of what does it mean to know what Jesus did for us and give us true purpose. It's called our grand story. You're a part of a grand story. You're the key player in your own grand story. And God has chosen you specifically to play that role. And uh, then it progresses through the week of what does it mean that we have a world suit? What does it mean that we have a spirit inside of us that's going to live forever? What does it mean that our identity is locked in heaven? If we choose Jesus, then we are children of the King of Kings. And what does it mean to be royalty? What does it mean to live that out on this on this earth? And what does that give us access to? And how do we make the most of this life that God's given us that's so short? But what are we looking forward to when we go home? And then the last day is, so now you're going to go back to school. Now you're going to go back to your skate park. Now you're going to go back to your your family. How do you live this identity consistently when you're in your real world? And uh, we have another uh, little tool, which is actually it's really exciting to me. It's, it's a big investment that a lot of people have come together to make happen. But it's an app that basically brings camp into your pocket in on your phone that our athletes give instructional videos on how to do tricks and all this stuff. And it has things about how to eat healthy and how to train, how to stretch, how to do all this. But then it also gives you points 
for when you reach out to somebody that needs help, when you pray for somebody, when you've read your Bible, when you've um, read your identity statement that you develop at camp. There's different lessons in the app that teach you how to write an identity statement. How do you understand the Bible? It's confusing. So let's read it. Like, let's look through how do we understand this thing? Um, there's a lot in the app that really kind of tries to pull these kids into a 52 weeks out of the year instead of a one week out of the year engagement. And then um, the other thing that we're doing is we're starting another program that's um, it's based around taking our key athletes. If you look at a bullseye, our key athletes, like our supported athletes or sponsored athletes, are the ones that we pour everything into with giving life advice, career advice, financial advice on how do you manage your money? How do you plan ahead after your career? Um, we provide or we're, we're going to um, in the next few months, we're kicking this off, but we're going to be providing a monthly Bible study and equipping them with ideas on how to reach the audiences. Some of these athletes have millions of followers. And so what are you doing with the platform that God's given you? How are you living out your identity on your platform socially? How are you encouraging the athletes around you that look up to you like you're their idols? Um, what are we What are we doing to support you? Concierge services to help them plan their next trip to their next events and their next races, you know, things that they just don't know how to do that they're overloaded with or distracted by. We want to support them and, and hold them in, but then encouraging them. And, and a lot of them, as we've talked to them say, well, what's in it for you? Like, why are you offering us all this? This sounds like there's some catch. We say, well, yeah, there is. We're asking you to pour into three athletes that are looking up to you as disciples, love on them, pour into them, and as they grow, we're going to ask them to do the same thing. And so it's this disciples making disciples making disciples is a great commission, you know. And so that's something that we're really excited about. And that's our next big push and project. But um, there's a few other things that we do. Um, we, we have birthdays at our property sometimes. It's fun. But <laughs> Dude, I got, I'm, I'm going to come there and have my birthday. What like these are athletes, young athletes, like what is the typical ages and of these guests that you have, what um like what how many of them are Christian or faith based? Yeah, so the typical age for these athletes is between eighteen and twenty-five. Eighteen and twenty-five. Yep. And so then the eighteen to twenty-five range is again typical. But we have older athletes that have already gone through many years of racing or competing that are on our advisory board to pour into these athletes and help start this process. But then a lot of the um, a lot of the what, there's two two different levels, if you will. One is our sponsored athletes and then the next level down, which we give support to with like free tuition to camp and they can come stay at our guest houses and, and ride and train and whatnot. But they're called our next gen program. And they're the ones, for example, we have a couple of these examples, but there's, there's one kid that I'm thinking about that's, that's up and coming on a BMX bike. He is 10 years old and he has a hundred thousand followers already on Instagram. And the, the little guy is crushing it. And he came to Royal this summer for camp. And he said, hey, man, uh, I uh, 
the vibe here is so good. Like, I, I don't want to go anywhere else. I just, can I live here and train here? We're like, man, yes, to a point, but we want to invite you to be a part of our family instead of you feeling like your value that you're seeing is to train here. We want you to be a part of a bigger story and, and to basically just be a part of this family. And so what that looks like is we take our older athletes and we connect them with that kid and say, okay, this is your little brother. Like you, you need to know his birthday. You need to know his dog's name. You need to know when he's competing. Um, call him, pray for him, encourage him and walk with him and grow him. He's 10 years old and the whole world wants him already. And we just need to grab that little influencer that's going to have a massive impact on a lot of kiddos. Let's, let's pour into him now. So he's set up for success. So it sounds like a legacy plan then, huh? Totally. So as far as like, for my edification, you know, these athletes that you're getting and the caliber that you're getting, how, I mean, is it word of mouth for Camp Royal? Is it the personalities that are there? Like what puts you guys on the map and and back it up a moment here, because you're all set to buy a property in Colorado. You have somebody that's investigating you from Dallas and they want to, they, they basically gift you a property that you can use in West Virginia that exceeds your, your greatest expectation of what's already laid out for you. I mean, how do, how do these things come to fruition and how do they, how do they work out that way? Hold on. I, I, I have to interject. <laughs> there, are, there are so many examples that Brandon has. Like <laughs> when he said yes to this and just things that have been dropped into his lap. The dude has a hook and ladder fire truck. <laughs> like it's so cool. <laughs> and some houses and a church, you know, and just like all kinds of other stuff. Dude, it's on it's this property. On this property. Just how around so the area, yeah. Lodging, mess hall, like everything that you would have had to have built, paid for, infrastructure, logistics yourself is basically like God halts you. And then he provides a place that that exceeds your expectations. Totally. And the funny thing is we thought the invitation to go out and use a $400 million property was all the provision. But when he said, wait, I have a bigger picture for you to be involved in. That was a massive humbling step for us because that meant we didn't have access to that $400 million property. Not yet, but he said, I'm going to provide for you. Don't trust that property. Don't trust that. That's not going to be the success story. I'm going to be your success story. And we're like, what in the world? Again, we had those like, what are you doing, Lord? And he he gave us an elementary middle school that was abandoned for 20 years. We gutted it. We renovated it and we turned it into our offices, our camp store, like snack shop and three different skate parks. Uh, There's so much we did to that school. But the next thing is he gave us two of the neighboring lots with houses on them so we could house guy, you know, guy staff and girl staff. And then he gave us two other properties next to that that would allow us to do, I'm very important, but midnight capture the flag with, random appearances of Bigfoot 
and then the slip and slides and the dodgeball stuff and the, all the other games and stuff. And, and that's, that's a blast. But then he continued to provide other things in the community before we even had access to that big property. So we were running camp for four years before we even stepped foot on that big property to reach the local kids. And we, um, we have a, a, now it's actually a world known slope style course where last year we were the first stop on the women's and men's pro world tour for slope style, which is freestyle mountain biking. And it's so fun to see because you asked how many of these athletes are believers and how many of them are not. Mm-hmm. Um, our coaches are all believers. They're all solid in their faith, but we have a ton of athletes that want to come train and that do come train and spend time with us. And that those, those athletes, a lot of those guys are not, they have no idea, but their experience of God is through their interaction at Royal. And so those guys are some of the top athletes in the world. They're like, man, this, like the last, uh, just taking mountain biking, for example, two of the top guys in the world with that slope style mountain biking stuff said, you know, like God's always seemed kind of weird to me, but being here, like, I really want to know more about this. Like, can, can we talk about that without it putting pressure on me or it being some weird conversation? We're like, of course, like, this is our life. We love him, but Mm -hmm. Hey, we're also passionate about what you're passionate about. Like we want you to succeed. So it's so fun to see God using this platform to influence the influencers, to get them to know that, that God is not about some weird religious system and it's, he's real and he wants relationship with us. And he put the desire for you to go learn how to ride your bike inside of you. And so he's the one that you will actually become best friends with if you really get to know him, you know, and, and that's been, that's been really fun to watch. So you're in the world, you're in the world, but you're not of the world and you're, you have the opportunity to be faith-based, but yet it's, it's constant. And it allows people to encounter God in the way that doesn't make them feel uncomfortable. I, I think that's that's a really good mix in the sense of you're you're not hiding. This is your identity. They know who you are. They watch you. They see God moving in this place. And the fact that you guys have access to this and the owners that were researching and obviously moved by God to do that. How are they blessing you in this process? Like, do you have a, a timeline as far as access to the property? Like, what does this look like to God moving in action? You know, um, the guys that open this up are 100% behind this. Um, they're so supportive, and they've basically been our – yeah, I mentioned that there was four years of us not being able to access the property. They're the ones that stepped in and said – this has to happen and open the doors at the the right time when God said it was time. And they're still so behind us and, and I could call them tomorrow and, and we'd have a great conversation. I, I probably should, I should probably call them tomorrow and talk to them about how I appreciate everything that they've been doing, but they're, they're honestly become friends and I'm, I just appreciate them so much. But the timeline is indefinite. I was on the phone with the the director of the property today and he was wanting to know how they could make our experience better. Hmm. Um, And that was humbling because 
he just values what he sees happening at the property. And at the end of the day, the people that make the, the overall decision of, of use and all that, they're, they're the ones saying this has to happen because God's on a move. Their, their biggest key theme is heaven bigger, hell smaller. What are we doing? I just appreciate their heart. They're, they're solid. So it's good. That's really awesome. So, so Brandon, I think we should probably put a, uh, put a bow on this and kind of wrap it up. Um, there's so much that's going on over there in, uh, in a small town in West Virginia camp Royal is, you know, I've been there, you know, I've seen the facilities and I've seen the work that you put in you guys, you know, the week before I came there, I think you guys had the the youngest kid land a triple backflip on his BMX bike. That was super awesome. You know, and that kid is on fire for Jesus. Like there's so much goodness that is coming out of that place. And it's just because you said yes, you know, I just, about 15, 20 years ago. And you just said, okay, like, let's do this. I don't know what I'm in for, but here I am. Uh, so I think what we could do is just say, Hey, you know, where can people find out more information about camp Royal? Um, where can we find you on, on social media? And then, uh, and then we'll just go ahead and close it up. So can you pass that information? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, we are Royal.com is our website. Our, our social is so for Facebook, it is the Royal camp. So at the Royal camp and, um, Instagram is camp Royal. So, um, I just appreciate the time to be with you guys. Uh, this has been a blast and let's just, uh, let's just take like the, the, the closing comment could be, doesn't matter what you think you have to offer. It doesn't matter at all. Just a yes to him and looking at his eyes instead of his hands is the answer to him doing more than you can ask or imagine according to Ephesians 3.20. And so that's been our prayer for this whole time, and he keeps saying yes to that prayer. So I think we should all pray that prayer. Ephesians 3.20. It works. Amen, brother. Yeah, so I will put links to uh, to all that stuff, all your all the all the social media and then the website and the show notes. Uh, once again, it's been such a pleasure. Dante, you want to wrap us up? Yeah, you know, I have a question that I'm going to get to you, but I'm going to wait for when you and Caleb come back to to guest uh, co-guest, <laughs> and I think that that'd be a good segue into that. Um, you know, Brandon, I just want to say, you know, the the two podcasts that we did tonight that will air over the next couple of weeks. Um, thank you for being uh, honest and real and not holding back. I think you're going to be a blessing to our listeners, and uh, just want to bless and encourage you in uh, stepping out and, and not uh, not being timid where God's calling you and just seeing the way that he's moving in your in your story and your testimony. And so thank you for, for giving us a privilege and the honor to hear that. Um, just wish you um, all the best and, and just Godspeed in what you continue to do. And we just want to say thank you for being that. To our listeners, we hope that you are as blessed as Dave and I are in this story and um, we just comfort, encourage, and urge you guys, um, wherever you're at, uh, to always live a life worthy of Jesus Christ. And if you don't know what that looks like, if you don't know how or you've had a bad representation from people that have hurt you, um, I, I think it's really good to to reach out uh, to our brother Brandon and just talk to him and, and see see where God is when you don't think that he's listening. And uh, with that, we just want to say thank you. Um, you know, uh, give us a listen, give us a shout out 
we value you. We look forward to interacting with you guys further. And with that, we just say good night and God bless. And thank you for all that you continue to do for us. God bless. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Legacy Dads Podcast with Dave and Dante, real men, authentic faith. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit LegacyDads.org and on Facebook.com slash Legacy Dads and on Twitter at Legacy underscore Dad. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe and we'll catch you next time on the Legacy Dads Podcast, real men, authentic faith.